0: Welcome to Slim and Satisfied, a podcast about weight loss for women dealing with hormonal imbalances. I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and I invite you to join me weekly for conversations, practical strategies, and resources that will lead you on the right path to feeling satisfied with your body and your life. And now, let's get to today's episode. Hey there and welcome back to another episode of the Slim and Satisfied podcast. I'm your host, Daphna Chazen, and this is episode number 24. I am so grateful you're here listening. And let me just take a moment to acknowledge that you're here because you want to get healthier, you care about your body, and you're looking to take massive action toward losing weight healing PCOS, or just eating better overall. And that's a big deal. So shout out to you and thank you again for tuning into this show. If you've been a loyal listener, first, shout out to you again and thank you. I'd like to also invite you to leave a review in Apple Podcasts and share what you find helpful about the podcast. And let me know how it has helped you in your health journey or your weight loss journey. I'd really like to know. So I'd love for you to take a few moments to leave a review, and I'll be featuring a listener review in future episodes and giving away a $25 Amazon gift card if you take a few seconds to write me a review. I'm going to read your name, read your review, and give you a big thanks on air. Today, we're going to talk about a topic I talk about over and over again mainly because I know from my own experience as well as that of my clients that it's an important part of losing weight, and that is managing hunger or managing your appetite. So if you've been working with me or you've been a part of any of my group coaching programs, you've likely heard me talk about this topic more than one time. So I want to dedicate this episode to sharing some of the ways that you can make sure you're not struggling with hunger when you're losing weight because studies do show that very, very frequently people report excessive hunger as the main reason that they couldn't stick to their plan. And that's just a shame because it is totally, totally preventable. One of the ways that this may have shown up in your life, and I know certainly it did happen to me, is that when we are hungry, we're so much more likely to eat impulsively, and that's usually a major setback when it comes to weight management. Anytime that we eat from a place of lack of control or based on poorly managed hunger, we're that much more likely to make an unhealthy choice and eat larger portions or just feel constantly deprived. Not a good state of mind to be in, and certainly not one that supports healthy eating habits, right? And I have to tell you that this topic of appetite is particularly close to my heart because when I was trying to lose weight years ago, it was almost 20 years ago, how hungry I was was something that I thought about all day long. It was really all-consuming, and I now know that it didn't feel good. Although at the time, I just thought it was par for the course. I thought it was normal. I thought everyone who's trying to lose weight is hungry by default. That's part of the definition of eating healthier and losing weight. And that's simply not true. So looking back at it now, I can see that I was really developing anxiety over my appetite, specifically about how hungry I was. I was constantly worried. So it may sound weird, but just the fear of getting hungry during the day, was kind of controlling my life. And at the same time, I didn't really feel good in my body and I wanted to lose the weight, so I just accepted it. I didn't realize that there could be other ways for me to not feel hungry all the time and still get healthier, still manage my weight, still feel satisfied, and everything can work together. You don't have to give something up in order to be healthy, certainly not something as foundational and as primal as our appetite. So what can I say? Hindsight is always 2020, but I want to mention this to you because I've been there too. If you're constantly thinking about food, if you're constantly hungry, I know how that feels. It doesn't feel good and it's certainly not sustainable. So losing weight doesn't have to feel that way and today we're going to talk about that. I want to first tell you a quick story about my breaking point and as it relates to hunger and appetite management, of course. And this is a story that I actually don't think I ever told anyone, certainly not on a podcast or or in public, but I may have told it to my sister or my close friends or my mom. But this was back in 2006. I was in college. And I went to college a bit later than most people because I was in the military for two years. So I was 24 at the time. And even though I was feeling pretty good about my life overall, I was in school, I was pursuing a nutrition degree. I was really happy about that, but my weight was really bothering me. I was about 20 pounds overweight and really on an upward trend with that. And I wasn't too happy at all about my weight. I didn't feel good. I was tired all the time and I wasn't comfortable in my body. So. I did what I've done before when I lost weight, and that was go on Weight Watchers. As soon as I started the program, as soon as I started going back on Weight Watchers, I became hyper-focused on points. If you've ever been on Weight Watchers, you may know what I'm talking about, but basically, my whole life was now translated into points. You name a food, I'm gonna tell you how many points it's got. I was so point-obsessed, and to this day, I feel a little bit like, It's still lingering. There are many foods that I can kind of rattle off a point value for, and it's just something that's ingrained in me. I don't love it, but it's the truth. I've been on Weight Watchers many, many times. I do think it works pretty well for some people. There are some positive things about that program, and I know it has changed a lot in the last few years, but it's not my thing anymore. I don't love it. There are many different reasons why I think it's not a good way to go. And certainly since I became a dietitian and I've helped a lot of people lose weight, I saw a lot more of the flaws and a lot of the things that I was experiencing on Weight Watchers that didn't work for me started making sense. So being in school, going back to my story, I was in school, I was staying up late to study, which meant that I was pretty tired most evenings and I really didn't want to cook. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the energy. I was just not in the mood. So I was eating out a lot. And so, in order to fit in my meals into the point budget that I had, I decided to come up with what I thought was a brilliant strategy to save up my points for dinner so I can eat more. So, I would skip breakfast and have maybe a salad for lunch and a small snack. And that's it. The rest was saved for dinner. Well, this went on for a few good weeks. and, slowly became harder and harder to keep up. Not to mention I wasn't losing that much weight, but I just kept doing it anyway in order to stay compliant with the program. And because at the time I didn't really know any better. So one day I remember sitting in class and my stomach was just growling like crazy. I was starving. I couldn't wait to go buy lunch, even though it was only 1030 in the morning. And I kept sitting there taking notes, but Every word this professor was saying felt like eternity. It was like the whole class was moving in slow motion since all I could think about was food and how hungry I was. I ended up leaving the class about 10 minutes before, and I ran to this street deli. So if you've ever been to New York City, there are all these prepared food street delis that make you a salad, or you can get a soup, or you could pretty much get whatever you want. And I quickly went in there, grabbed the salad, because that's what I had allowed myself to eat, right? Remember, I only ate a salad for lunch, but I was really, really hungry, so I also um, grabbed a dinner roll. So this is where the embarrassing part happens, and this is why I'm telling you this story. I go up to the register to pay, and I put my salad on the counter, and I try to grab my wallet out of my bag, but I'm holding the roll in my hand. And then I pull out my debit card right out of my wallet, and instead of handing that to the cashier, I hand her the roll, and I put the credit card in my mouth and try to take a bite of it. You guys, this is a real story that I still cringe every time I think about it because it's just so embarrassing, which, by the way, is the reason why I don't tell this story very often to anybody. I was so hungry, I couldn't even think straight. Needless to say, that the people in the deli who <laughs> witnessed this were very amused. I was so very embarrassed, so ashamed that I just, you know, I just tried to take a bite of a piece of plastic. So I grabbed my stuff and I ran out and I knew I just couldn't do it anymore. Something needed to change. I needed a new system, a new plan, a new way of go- going through this weight loss journey without trying to eat a credit card. The reason why I'm telling you this really embarrassing story is that I then realized that being on a plan that puts me in that position of barely making it and constantly thinking about food is bad news. It just is. It never works. It always backfires. You're always going to end up in a point of feeling deprived, feeling denied food, which is such a basic thing in our life. And that's why I decided to change my ways after this happened. So if you're currently following a plan that just feels like that, it just feels so tight, so depriving, and you're not making it like a normal person not trying to eat a credit card, that's not a good plan. You need to change things. So whatever that may be for you, whatever that feeling of just craziness and lack of control and not being able to think straight because your diet is so restrictive, that's your trying to eat a credit card. That's your version of it. And That's a big, big red flag that things need to change. So I have to say that this wasn't some aha moment. This wasn't some pivotal point where everything got better for me. Oh no, that was not the case. Trying to fix this, I actually fell again into a bad pattern that really didn't work for me. So what I did was I started carrying snacks with me everywhere I went. I did this purely out of fear of getting hungry after what had happened. So that issue was still alive and well in my brain. I was still anxious about food. I was still hungry, and I was still obsessed, really preoccupied with managing my appetite. But right now, I was more focused on just preventing what had happened at the deli. So wherever I went, I would leave my house, whether it would be for class or for meeting a friend, or even when I went to a Weight Watchers meeting, by the way, because I didn't leave the program, I still kept being on that plan. I still kept trying, uh, I kept trying to follow it. So whenever I would leave my house, which would be maybe a total of three, four hours at a time, I would take multiple snacks with me. I always took a piece of fruit, a bag of pretzels or popcorn, a granola bar, string cheese, a pack of trail mix. It was like a whole picnic, And I thought I was being proactive and smart because I didn't want what had happened to happen again. But here's what ended up happening instead. I would eat all the snacks, regardless of being hungry. Just the fact that I brought those things with me meant that I was going to eat every single one of them, no matter how I felt. So needless to say... Having all this extra food plus my regular meals on most days meant that I was actually gaining weight. I put on about six pounds with this fear-based strategy alone, probably over the course of around four to five weeks. So these were snacks, by the way, that I considered healthy and they still created an issue. It was just too much food in a short period of time without any consideration of how I actually felt physically. Oh, and coffee, lots and lots of coffee with sugar, of course, and milk. So that ended up really adding up quickly, fairly quickly in my day as well. Probably, you know, multiple hundreds of calories that came from those snacks and the coffees and just constantly being in a fed state. I was constantly chewing on something. So these are sometimes things that we don't pay attention to and. Only again, in retrospect, I can see how wrong that is. But I I think that the, the point where I realized that, hey, I'm not working this Weight Washers plan very well. I mean, I'm just not. I was eating all the time. I was basically eating out of fear of getting hungry. And just because, just because I brought food with me, just because I was procrastinating in the library, let's munch on something, Just because the class topic for the day was boring, let me chew on something that will make it less boring. All the reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with how my body actually felt. I actually remember doing this during a Weight Watchers meeting, which I mentioned, I was sitting there with my snacks and I just kept my mouth busy for the entire 45 minutes. I I couldn't even get through that without a snack because, again, I thought I would get too hungry and then something horrible or embarrassing would happen. So shortly after I realized what I was doing and and knowing that it's not the right approach— I told myself that something needed to change. I can't continue to live in fear of being hungry. I can't continue eating one big meal that lasts the whole day. And I can't be on Weight Watchers because it taught me absolutely nothing about how to lose weight and have a healthy relationship with food. So I slowly started teaching myself how to manage my appetite with the right amount of food in the right spacing, which meant that most of the time, I do not overeat or give in to cravings or impulsive eating today. This made a huge difference in how I view food, in how I looked at my weight loss success and my whole journey, and honestly, my general view of food and how we should be communicating with our own body. So these are some of the principles that I still use today, and it helps me to keep my weight stable, and I teach women how to do this. I teach women how to listen to their body, how to understand what their hunger really means, and how to organize their eating so that they're not finding themselves in any part, in any end of the extreme as far as hunger goes. Learning your hunger cues is such a powerful thing for weight loss because it truly means that you're listening to your body And you're translating how your body feels into how much food and what type of food you need to be taking in. There's a really big difference between being hungry for a snack, for example, and being hungry for a meal. Or there's certainly a difference between eating when you're just thinking about food versus eating where we're truly physically hungry. And we all eat based on head hunger some of the time, but... If this becomes a daily thing, if you're seeing this happening consistently when you're eating most, mostly based on emotion or thoughts or just you know feeling bored or happy or neutral or just kind of the thought of food or the sight of food from a commercial or an ad or something on the street makes you go eat, that means you're not perfectly aligned with your own hunger cues. You're not really in tune with your body. Not every time that we think about food is a time that we need to be grabbing something. It takes time to learn this, but once you do, you realize how much of our eating is mindless or emotional or just based on everything else but how hungry we actually feel in our body. True hunger in our body feels a little uncomfortable. So we feel that that sensation in our stomach that's not very comfortable. It means that many different foods are going to seem appropriate, not just something sugary, snacky, or indulgent. Okay. So many different foods are going to fit the bill if you're truly hungry. And it also means that when I'm done, I should feel satisfied and I'm no no longer thinking about food. None of this happens when we're eating based on head hunger. If you really think about it, When we eat based on head hunger, we're eating right after we just finished a meal. So it's not uncommon for someone to eat a snack right after they finish dinner, even though they're truly not hungry. It's more head hunger. You're also not always satisfied when you're done with that snack or with that meal that's been consumed more emotionally, more more based on head hunger. So if you eat a true meal because you are hungry and now your body is no longer hungry, you're going to be satisfied and you're going to be done. But when you eat emotionally, you're never done. If you've ever been in a sweet, salty, sweet cycle, none of it is satisfying because really truly there was no hunger to begin with. So the first step that you wanna take is really understanding your hunger and really always checking with your body and figuring out what's driving you to eat. Does it make sense that you'll need food now? If it's been three or four hours since you ate last, it's likely a yes. If you just finished dinner and you find yourself in front of the pantry just looking, it's likely head hunger or something more emotionally driven. Paying attention to this can make a really huge difference in your eating behaviors, so this would be the first thing I'd do. Another very powerful strategy for emotional eating to kind of gain control of it, to even start understanding that it's happening, gain some awareness into it, is to pause That's another very, very powerful strategy because anytime we pause and we ask ourselves, what do I really need right now? You're gonna find the answers come to you and they're not always gonna be related to food. Do I feel stressed? Do I feel lonely or bored? And then you're gonna make sure that you're sitting with that feeling. So if you answered, yes, I'm stressed, or yes, I'm lonely. You want to experience that. You don't want to be shutting it down and trying to cover it up with food. When you learn to feel something that's not so pleasant without running away to eat something, really just sitting there and feeling that emotion, you're going to realize that food doesn't control you anymore, and it's not the answer. And you may actually become more resourceful and start resolving these feelings with a more effective approach. Maybe journaling will help. Maybe you'll find ways to communicate with people better, or maybe you'll realize that you have to get some coaching to get through it. These are all valid solutions that can get you out of the emotional eating cycle. Food is not going to do that for you. Now that we've talked about the different types of hunger, I want to share a few ways that you can get reconnected with your hunger so you do not have to ever confuse a dinner roll with your credit card or eat multiple snacks in a row just because. These are going to be highly, highly effective ways that you can manage your appetite during the day and it's referring to true physiological hunger. So I'm gonna assume that you've already went through the process of talking to yourself a little bit and asking yourself, what do I really feel? What do I really need? Is this real physiological hunger or is it just my head driving me to eat? The first thing I want you to do if it's true hunger And you continue to see yourself experiencing poor appetite control during the day, meaning you get hungry at random times or you get hungry at the same time every day. For example, if you get hungry at 3 p.m. every single day, your lunch kind of did its thing, it got processed, you're no longer feeling full, but you know dinner is not until three or four hours from now, you need to have a snack there. So this is something that needs your attention. If it's happening every single day, I want you to really think about the following few things. Are you focusing on three meals and making sure that they're balanced? So I just mentioned adding a snack. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but I first want you to think about whether or not you're eating three meals, because if you're skipping meals or your meals are not balanced, that's a first place to start. You never want to skip. You also don't want to be snacking and grazing in between. Okay? So no skipping, no snacking, and no skimping. That's what I usually say. You don't want to skip a meal. You don't want to snack too much in between unnecessarily like I did, but you also don't want to skimp. And when I say skimp, I mean you want to make sure those meals are big, they're balanced, so they can keep you full for four hours. I have a lot of different clients who get busy midday and they just kind of eat a piece of fruit or they eat a yogurt or they eat a bar at lunch and they think that's going to be enough. That's not enough. That's skimping. Many, many people find that adding a serving of a healthy fat, like maybe avocados or nuts, or making your protein portion bigger really does work well here. I have a great free guide called The Proven Path to Weight Loss that can show you how to build those balanced meals and make sure that they're very satisfying and fairly easy to put together. So you can grab a copy of it at daphnachazencom forward slash free. Another thing to note is that those three balanced meals need to be consumed on a schedule. You wanna keep the timing of your meals as consistent as possible. That's going to help your body get into a rhythm with calorie burning, and it will also make your hunger cues easier for you to interpret. So if you can't really read your body well, if you're not really understanding what's going on, start eating on a more consistent schedule and you're gonna start seeing a rhythm build up and that's gonna be beneficial. You're gonna be burning calories and losing weight a little bit more consistently that way. We talked about spacing meals out properly a little bit, but again, one of the biggest reasons people fall off their meal plans is they're going too long without eating. So the optimal spacing of meals is about four hours apart. So there should be about four hours between breakfast and lunch, four hours between lunch and dinner. If you tend to not eat breakfast, I don't think that you necessarily have to have a meal as soon as you wake up, but I usually recommend eating something within two to three hours of waking. This will help prevent you from having cravings later in the day, believe it or not. So when you look at your day, I recommend sticking with three meals spaced about four hours apart and then adding a small snack somewhere in your day. So if you tend to get hungry or you need a little extra something, some people have very long days. So if you have a day that's 12 or 14 hours, you leave your house at 6 a.m. and you don't get back until 6, 7, or 8 p.m., You're going to need some snacks in there. The three meals are likely not going to be enough. So I know I said no snacking. That's part of my philosophy. But again, there are some extenuating circumstances. Some people do need a snack. This is where you want to get strategic. The snack should be much smaller than your meals, and it should help bridge you between the two meals. It kind of is the bridge between the two meals. That's how I like to see it. So it's not a meal in and of itself. It's just a little something to carry you over. So if you find yourself, again, going longer than four hours between, say, lunch and dinner, add a snack. And the best snacks are protein-based, not carb-based. So think about an ounce of nuts or a hard-boiled egg. Um, Something like Greek yogurt could be effective or veggies and hummus. So you go ahead and think about your meal timing and spacing. And if you find that hunger strikes at the same time daily, insert a snack there so you can gain better control of your hunger. Moving on to number three, which is don't forget about carbs. Protein is important and it does get a lot of attention, but you also need to be eating carbs. The ones that are slow to break, of course, and have lots of fiber. We already talked about this. If you didn't listen to episode number 22, go back and take a listen. I also have a free guide there that's going to show you how to add slow carbs into your day, and you can find that. It's a free guide at daphnachazen.com forward slash PCOS plan. Having those slow carbs, again, is going to balance out your blood sugar. It's going to prevent cravings. And the key is to have at least five to seven grams of fiber in each meal. And in episode two, that's another good one to go back to. I shared five smart ways to eat carbs. And you can find lots and lots of examples on how to do that over there. And last but not least, are fluids so very important? Such a key component of managing your appetite because many, many times when we think we're hungry we're actually thirsty, we're actually slightly dehydrated. Most people need at least 70 ounces daily to stay adequately hydrated. And I know it's hard to get this amount and some people really struggle with drinking water. So I wanna let you know that what I usually recommend is that not all 70 ounces have to be plain water. You can drink other things, of course, the ones that don't have any sugar or calories, but you do wanna make sure that at least half of the 70 ounces is plain water. So about 30 to 40 ounces per day of water is going to help you manage your appetite. You can sip on fluids between meals. Again, that's going to help with some of those cravings. And one of the things that I see to work very, very well with my clients is you carry a water bottle with you when wherever you go, whenever you leave the house. So we're not talking about random cups of water or random bottles of Poland Springs. I usually don't recommend that. I want you to get a reusable glass or metal bottle and make sure that you're taking it everywhere. I always tell people, this is your best friend now. You're going to put it in your car. You're going to throw it in your bag. You're going to put it in your office, at home, wherever you go. Make a habit of taking that bottle with you, and you're going to sip on it throughout the day, and it's going to become second nature to you. You can also use apps like Waterlogged for reminders if you need them. So if you like to use apps, if you're looking at your phone multiple times a day, who isn't, make sure that you're downloading an app because it can help you. Waterlogged is a very good one. So there you have it. We've covered a lot of ground today. Here are some of the things that you can get started with in order to manage your hunger. Identify head hunger versus physical hunger. So very important. Journaling can help here. So if you wanted to keep a journal and kind of jot down any feelings or emotions, or if you do take that pause, you can write down a few sentences in your journal and say, you know, I want to grab food, but I know that I'm not physically hungry. Here's what's going on. Here's what's causing it. What can I do about it? Or what will answer that desire to eat better? right? What kind of thing can address how I'm feeling emotionally that's non-food related? The second thing is to taper off any snacking. So if you have multiple snacks per day, like I mentioned that I did, I want you to taper that off. You're going to stick with three meals per day. You're making them more balanced, maybe even bigger in volume, and you're going to time them consistently every single day. If you do need a snack, you're gonna add a protein-based snack once or maybe twice a day if your day is really long. But if you're getting hungry between meals all the time, every single day, those meals are not balanced or they're not big enough for you. Then you're gonna focus on adding more fiber through the slow carbs in each meal like we talked about. You're aiming for five to seven grams per meal. Again, I have two resources for you that can really help you with this. One you can find at wwwdaphnachazencom forward slash free. That's my proven path to weight loss guide. And then I have a PCOS specific guide at daphnachazencom forward slash PCOS plan. Both of those can really help out with adding more slow carbs, balancing your meals, and making sure that nutritionally they're complete. And then the last thing we talked about is improving hydration consuming most of your fluids between meals. That's going to be super important. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned a few things that can help you reduce hunger and feel more comfortable throughout the day. I am so grateful that you joined me. I am so appreciative that you're tuning in every single week. And if you do have a few seconds, please leave me a review in Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find the show and it helps me spread my message of healthy eating to a broader audience. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll see you again soon. Bye for now.